Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. And if you know me, you know I love the 20s era. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love drama and thrills, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? You can chat and play with or against others by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Pop Culture Kiki episode. As always, it's Kelly Williams. And Troy McEady. And this week, like every week, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about this week. Um, But I guess start with what we're watching. Did you watch May, December on Netflix? I did not. I have not yet. So if anyone's not aware, it's loosely based off of like the Mary Kay Letourneau situation. Yeah. And... It was so well acted, but also didn't give us anything. Okay. It's like very weird because when I finished it, I was like, I feel like that was good. Then I thought about it more and I'm like, I feel like that wasn't good at all. Like, right. I can't wait for you to watch it so we can discuss it more. Um, Because Julianne Moore's incredible. In my opinion, Natalie Portman was really bad in this movie. And Char- Charles Melton, I think his last name is, he was incredible. I love seeing a CW actor do well. Everybody knows this. But I don't know if Natalie Portman was supposed to basically play the character she was in Black Swan. Because that's all I could think of the whole time. Natalie was bad? Oh, my Lord. I know. I said that. I bet you a lot of people are going to be like, actually, she was incredible. <laughs> One of my teeth like fell out as you said it. <laughs> I immediately start aging. I don't know. I've always been a big Natalie fan. And this time I was just like, are you just a little like, you know, do you need to act a little bit more to get your groove back? I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh All right. Well, I'll have to watch it now. <laughs> Holy shit. That's really yeah. all I'm watching. What about you? Um. So I really wanted to talk about, obviously I have to do a Bravo moment. And I really want to devote this week to Married to Medicine because they had like one of their funniest episodes, I think, to date. And I was seeing on Twitter, like um, a lot of discourse around like people being like, all right, it's official. Like Married to Medicine is one of the best shows on Bravo and it always has been. And it feels like people are finally starting to like come around. But so obviously we all know now Phaedra Parks is like on the show now. And if you haven't watched it, I guess spoiler alert, <clears throat> or whatever but she just play it just stunts stunts theatrics carrying on like Phaedra is such a good tv star and such a good reality star but they just did this like fake funeral because you know Phaedra like puts on funerals in Atlanta 
And the funeral was like an uprising for Quad and they had Quad come on, come in in a casket and they opened the casket and it was like the whole cast was like shocked by Quad being in this cast. It was just so silly and so ridiculous. And like, but they're all so like well gelled together and they all like bounce off of each other so well that even when they do insane shit like that, it still works. And for whatever reason, Phaedra just fits so well on this show. But what I will say is that, so Quad's ex-husband, Dr. G, has this new wife. Her name is Sweet T. She is, it's so pitiful to watch this girl try and fit in on this show. It's so sad. She's like such a joke and she does not fit in with the cast at all. And Quad even made a joke in her confessional, like, where she was like, me and Sweet Tea have absolutely no issue, no beef, aside from the fact that she doesn't fit in with the group and is like kind of boring. She could tell that she's not comfortable on camera. I wouldn't necessarily say that she's a smart woman or quick or funny or entertaining or magnetic in any way. And I would be really shocked if we saw her again. But like the way that she's trying so hard to make herself a cast member on this show is so just like, it's a really, when you see somebody on reality TV that's just not meant to be on it and you're just like, damn, like, mm-hmm. ugh, bad casting choice and you'll just have to ride this out and we'll never see you again, you know? It's giving that, um, and I, I hate to say this because I hate to be an asshole, but seeing these people make these jokes at her expense, it's like funny because she can't bounce back. Like she can't volley the ball back. She's not quick. Like she's up against some of the, most hilarious women on Bravo and it's just not giving. I feel really bad for her, to be honest with you. You got Dr. Heavenly, Quad, Phaedra, Toya. It's just poor thing, really, at the end of the day. But Married to Medicine had one of the funniest episodes ever. And if you haven't seen it, please watch it. So I want to talk about Teen Mom. Never did I think every week I could have a Teen Mom corner, but here we are. So to start off, Janelle has been issued a gag order, finally, because the court is kind of like, you got to start talking about Jason CPS in, in all of your custody stuff. Because if you guys can remember, Janelle loves to post how she's a loving mother and also like low-key talk shit about Jace without saying his name. Mm-hmm. Being like, at least um, only one of my kids have turned on me words like that you know chase is for uh, i said chase i'm sorry and you know jace is 14 he has access to the internet so i can only imagine how difficult everything he's going through right now along with his mother talking shit is like the last thing that's needed i can't believe she's talking shit about him online like i just can't get like i guess i just you always think that she's gone like as low as she can yeah it's like, oh, she can go way lower. Like, who th- who knew? And apparently, if Jace continues with his behavior, like running away and all that, he'll actually put, be put in a juvenile detention center. Which is just so sad. I know we say it every week. We're so sad about Jace. But it just, like, continues to get more sad. He's about to enter his Carl from Shameless era. Um, Some other things... <laughs> Teen Mom, Nature's Healing, Janelle and Farah are fighting again. And Janelle posted something. Someone do a wellness check on Farah's daughter because Farah was on vacation 
Sophia was not there. And Farrah decided to respond with a video of her and Sophia. And it's so Farrah. She's like, um, hi, I heard someone wanted a wellness check on my daughter, but my daughter is here eating dinner with me because I always spend time with my daughter and she loves spending time with me. And I don't invite invite abusive men into her life, unlike Janelle. So maybe you should worry about your own CPS and, and don't worry about Sophia because as you can see, she's eating dinner with me. As Sophia's giving full Daria in, in the camera. <laughs> the best part is Sophia's back was turned. She didn't even look at the camera because I'm sure Sophia hates Farah. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> and she's had that damn cell phone in her face every day for so many years at this point. It's probably just, she disassociates. So many years. But whenever I see Farah and Janelle are fighting, I always know that it's going to be good. Because Farah's insane, but Farah almost like talks so much that she loses her point and you're kind of like, okay, you win. Right. <laughs> and it's like, has Farah put Sophia in some extremely compromising positions? Yes. But does Janelle have any right to, com- like, I mean, if we're, com- it, it, it's hard to even compare because it's apples and oranges, but like, my God, come on, like, stop. Janelle knows better to fight with, Am- she, like, she's never going to fight with Amber again because Amber will eat her for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. (laughs) 1,000% and spit out the bones. (laughs) But the last update is a Ryan Edwards update. And this happened, we're recording on Tuesday, December 5th. And this was posted three hours ago. Um, Ryan has been arrested in court. He got handcuffed and brought to jail. If you weren't aware, he did get in a bar brawl with his girlfriend he didn't fight his girlfriend but they were fighting with people in a bar he got kicked out but this um this is from the sun and i'm getting this from the instagram teen mom trash talk the hearing was scheduled to be a check-in after ryan pleaded guilty to driving under the influence and simple possession as the possession of a controlled substance charge was dismissed in a plea deal on november 6th Judge Starnes was hesitant to approve the deal, but moved forward and scheduled the follow-up hearing. The U.S. Sun can exclusively reveal at the December 5th hearing that District Attorney Cotty Womp said to Judge Starnes before Ryan was called up to the stand, quote, I would be interested to see if he could pass a drug screening. The last time was November 8th the same time he was released from the halfway house. It raises concern that he could fail a drug screening if he's not doing outpatient. He's not doing the support groups. Can we drug test him today? And the judge said, yes, if you can get someone down here for sure. (laughs) She didn't say for sure. I did. But after an hour, Ryan was called to the stand and the district attorney said he's late for his Vivitrol shot. He was supposed to get it on November 17th. We know what happens when you go longer than a month. And um, later that later that court date, Judge Starn said, no, you can't. And he was handcuffed on the spot and taken out of the courtroom. He'll return to court on Friday, um, December 8th. Oh, my God. I can't believe it happened. Ryan is either going to kill himself or kill someone else. And I'm shocked neither has happened. I can't believe that. I mean, honestly, for like you said, for his own well-being and for the safety of everybody around him, he needs to be fucking locked away. Mm-hmm. And he needs to be kept away from his goddamn parents. 
Yeah, very that, right? God. And again, I have to say, like, fuck MTV for giving him a good edit again. Yeah. I really hated that. And do I think Mackenzie, his now soon-to-be ex-wife, is some angel? No. But it's crazy how, like, people are just dogpiling on her when we're seeing what Ryan is still doing. Yeah. It's really like a, like, it's a double-edged sword. You know what I mean? Because, like, (laughs) she's no angel, but to blame her for him. I mean, he's been a fuck up since way before he even knew who she was. When Macy was the trigger. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, if it wasn't her, then it was Macy that to blame. And his parents blaming Macy for, you know, upsetting Ryan. It's like, fuck off. Fuck off and... I mean, he'll probably get off on Friday. I'm sure the court will be like, you did a week. You're fine. I just wanted to give a really quick RIP to Sophie Anderson, Anderson, who is known as one of the cult destroyers. Um, <laughs> she passed away today and her story is just like so sad. I actually really closely follow Rebecca, the other cock destroyer. Rebecca is... Um, Obviously, she's a porn star and she has an OnlyFans and stuff, but she also is a vlogger. She has an incredible YouTube channel. If you are into vlogs, this woman is so entertaining and hilarious and magnetic and funny and kind. She has a really eccentric, cool life. She's got a really cool daughter. She lives in London and has like a really cool house. And I just, I love her. And She's been really open about, you know, her separating from Sophie um, because they used to be the cock destroyers together and then they separated. And, you know, she talked about Sophie's life becoming super toxic and she was in a relationship with this guy that was extremely controlling, extremely abusive. And she was like, he basically controlled every aspect of her life. And it always seemed really, you know, Rebecca was always like very sad about how their relationship ended. I don't know if they ever mended things, but it's just really sad. Like Sophie was a real big, like, I don't know. She was just like a real big advocate for like LGBTQ. And she was just like a nice person. She was very sweet, really smart. And it's just sad. It's sad that like an internet gay icon passed away. And yeah, RIP to Sophie. And they really leaned into that, too. Like, they did not try and hide that they were icons for the gay community. Like, none of it. Which I really loved because they got so much shit for those videos when they first came out. I know. And they were just like, we don't care. And that's what I love so much about them. It was hilarious. And when you get to know Rebecca even more, like, through her YouTube, like, you realize, like, she's... Obviously, it's a character, but, like, she's so self-aware and she's such a businesswoman. And, like, her other life is just so fascinating. Like, she could have a TLC show and she just seems like a really, really good person. Um, And so did Sophie. She just, it seems like she got caught up with a shitty guy that kind of turned her life in a really bad direction. So I just wanted to give a shout out to her because I'm very sad that she passed away. On a lighter note, um, queen of the pod, Kelly Clarkson, her janky ass ex-husband has to pay her $2.6 million back. Lord have mercy. So um, this is from parade.com. 
Kelly Clarkson's ex-husband, Brandon Baby Back Bitch Blackstock, is reportedly putting up a fight about a recent ruling requiring him to return over $2 million to the singer for fees that he allegedly took out of her work during his time as manager. So it's giving like Lou Pearlman being a sixth member of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. So he would just take like extra fees and $2 million worth. And I am just so thrilled for Kelly. Good for her. Does he have that money? I don't know. It sounds like no, if he's trying to fight it. Um, But like anytime we can tar and feather that man and put him in like the town square, I'm into it. I hope that he has the finances to pay her back so that she can literally use it on like, she's so wealthy that that's like, nothing for her but it's the principle you know what i mean for sure (laughs) um so i am actually right now as we record this i'm in dallas and i came here for a concert i came to see sky ferreira and i went to see her with my friend jesse you guys all know if you listen to dunzo and i just had like the the most homosexual dallas weekend like it was so fun Jesse and and his boyfriend, Daniel, like showed me all the things and I've been doing all the things. Now I feel like a Dallas gay, but I just wanted to say like for all the girls, because I've gotten a lot of DMs from people being like, how was Sky Ferreira? How did it go? Did she even show up? Because she's infamous for mishaps and things and things happening where she doesn't able to perform. Was she two hours late? Yes. (laughs) Did she lose her voice backstage? Yes. But did she come out and perform her fucking ass off? Yes, she did. And for those of you who don't know, Sky Ferreira has been in this really, I would say, abusive um, contract with Capitol Records that she's been very open about for like 10 years. She signed one of those really shitty young girl contracts at like 15 years old. And Capitol has been punishing her for being rebellious by basically holding her music hostage. So she released Nighttime My Time, was like this huge critically acclaimed album, was like rated one of the best albums of the year in like 2013 or 14 or whatever. And then she wrote another album and Capitol has held it captive. And like, they've been doing weird shit to her for years just to fuck with her. Like she's a SoundCloud artist and they know that. So they, changed the password to her SoundCloud account, which she had millions of followers on, just to fuck with her. And she tweeted it, tweeted about it, like, and now I can't get into my SoundCloud. Like, they would just do weird shit to be like, we're not going to let you release music, and we're going to fuck with you the entire time that you're stuck with us. So this tour represents her leaving Capitol and being free, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a win for the girls. It's a win for the Tumblr girls. And it was a really, really, really fun show. And I'm just like, absolutely. I can't believe that I saw Sky Ferreira. It was a bucket list moment for me. Do you have like a favorite moment? Um, Jesse and I were laughing because she kept like, so all of her songs require her to belt. Like she scream sings. And, but she's, she's like crippling, cripplingly, cripplingly shy, if that's a word. She's very, very, very shy. So she would belt these songs for like four minutes and then be like, Thanks. like in the quietest <laughs> little soft voice. And um, whenever she performs, she always makes the lighting like 
you basically can't see her on stage. Oh. She, one of the lost boys. So um, it was just funny. Like she was just so shy, but then she would like belt her ass off and her voice was really, really, really good live. But I don't know. I can't pick a favorite moment. It was just all the fact that she came out was my favorite moment. So there's a concert that was just announced, Troy, that I think you and I will have to attend together. Okay. It's Pink and Cheryl Crow. Excuse <laughs> me? Yeah. <laughs> they're doing it next summer. I know they're going to be at like Foxborough, um, but they're really not playing like as I mean, obviously, Gillette Stadium's huge, but the other venues, it's like upstate New York. They're not coming to like Madison Square Garden or anything. And the script is opening for them. And I am someone who like still listens to the script, but Cheryl Crow and Pink. Oh my God. I wonder if it's going to be like an intimate, like kind of guitar-y thing. Maybe other than like Gillette Stadium, honestly. Yeah. Maybe Pink won't be spinning through the crowd this time. There's no chance. She's always going to do that, Troy. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, we we have to go to that. I'm so excited. Oh my God, I could cry. <laughs> Anything with Cheryl Crow, now that I've watched her documentary in full, I'm like, she deserves everything. She is a literal rock star and it's time for people to acknowledge it. She's not, it's not mom rock. She's not giving grocery store music. She's a rock star. And, and so is Pink, and I'm sick of TikTok making fun of her. I'm going to start reporting you guys, okay? I know. I think that we need to use our um, witch powers to put it into the ether that she is going to do the Super Bowl eventually. I don't know how she hasn't. It has to happen. Like, I feel like it has to have been some kind of scheduling issue or something where she couldn't, because it literally makes no sense. She could just sing Raise Your Glass and get this party started on repeat. I know. <laughs> all of her songs are like well known she, all of her songs are like now music songs mm-hmm. so we all know them right no disrespect to now music <laughs> none at all so while here in dallas we did of course go see what is a homosexual weekend with friends if you don't go see beyonce when she's in the movie theater i want to talk about this movie for a second because i've gotten a lot of i had said that i had gone to see it and a lot of people were asking me like is it a movie or is it, no offense, is it Taylor's movie where it's literally just the concert? None taken, Troy, none taken. Okay, okay. Beyonce is anything but just a concert. This is a film and it is eye-opening, it's emotional, it's like inspiring. It blew me away. Like it, and I was not, first of all, I went to the show, so I wasn't expecting to like, gain anything from it I really just wanted to like listen to Beyonce's album in a theater on Dolby Surround Sound honestly I didn't think that I would learn stuff about her I learned so much about Beyonce and I couldn't believe it and it was just so inspiring and it made me appreciate the show so much more um and it was so well directed like there were these incredible because the way that the it narrates is like through her outfits basically oh because it's clipped together from like a bunch of different shows. So there are moments where like she's doing her choreography and in between it's like switching from different show to show. So the the outfit changes, but because Beyonce is a robot and she's a machine, the moves are so precise that it's a completely seamless 
transition from show to show. So it just looks like her clothes are magic magically changing. And it that out I mean, I the outfit changes were insane. There were moments with Blue Ivy that made me hysterically cry. And I was not expecting the whole theater to be in tears, but we were all just like fucking gut-wrenched. And yeah, if you haven't seen Beyonce, go see it, see it at AMC, get that damn popcorn bucket, get the cup, do all the things. It is worth every penny. It's so fucking good. I'm pretty sure I'm seeing it Friday and I can't wait. And I was actually really excited to know that it was also like documentary. Like it wasn't just the concert. Cause I do wish Taylor Swift had that. I would love to know like how she came up with certain ideas, like how she jumps under the stage. I would have loved to know where that came from. Yeah, that was the coolest part of it. Learning the inspiration for the show, learning about her uncle Johnny, her family is in it. Her mom and dad are in it. Blue is in it a ton. Jay is in it. Like, and you learn this the relationship that she has with her dancers, which is like very intense. And also, I'm I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but like it's just interesting to see, you know, like we look at Beyonce as being this like untouchable figure. Like she's like a god, basically. But at the end of the day, she's still a black woman. And it's interesting to watch her put this show together and still be like undermined by the men around her to be disrespected by the people that she's paying Beyonce like I'm not again I don't want to spoil it but there is a moment in the movie where she's like asking for something on stage that is attainable and everybody's just kind of giving her these like like the runaround and like making up excuses to not do it like basically lying to her and then she's like okay so I looked it up online and like you literally can do this so fucking do it like Beyonce had to do that. So it just makes you, I don't know, it just is kind of eye-opening and it makes you realize like if Beyonce is going through that, imagine what the average Black woman is going through in any kind of like situation where she's supposed to be in charge and you know what I mean? Being reprimanded by these men that she's fucking paying. She's paying these people. I think people, everyone, no matter who you're a stan of, whether it's Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, just whoever, Beyonce is the best living performer we have. I agree. And it's just that simple. You can say you don't like her music. You can say whatever. But seeing Beyonce on stage, I haven't seen it live. I haven't been, you know, I haven't been able to. But even her homecoming on Netflix, all of that, I don't think I've ever seen anyone perform like that. It's really, it's, it's really just proof that like, (laughs) I'm not going to name any names about, I'm not going to make any comparisons because I just don't think it's like, who, why do you have to like compare women? But like a white woman can be average and be put on like a wild pedestal where somebody like Beyonce can be above human, perform basically perfect, above perfect give so such incredible vocals for so many years that we just think it's normal for her to sound like that to have this like non-human voice and still people will try and find reasons to like discredit her you know and it's like you said like you don't have to be the biggest fan but if you're a human person that can see and hear hello and one thing I really love about her is she still has that like 
thing we grew up with boy bands in Britney where she dances and sings live, which a lot of people don't do anymore. Yes. And sh- and God is the fucking mic on. My Lord have mercy is the mic on. But yes, go see Beyonce. Everybody go see it. This is just something I found funny because it's something we talk about on this podcast all the fucking time. Jodie Foster decided to comment on Marvel movies. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> She said, quote, it's a phase. It's a phase that's lasted a little too long for me, but it's a phase. And I've seen so many different phases. Hopefully people will be sick of it soon. From your mouth to God's ears, Jodie Foster. It's like not you taking my thoughts right out of my brain, Jodie. I don't know. I just I wanted to obviously bring that up because we talk about it so much. But it doesn't seem to be dying down. I don't know if it's a phase. (laughs) I wish it was a phase. I wished it was a phase 10 years ago. Right. <laughs> a long time for a phase. <laughs> it's just like the genre. Yeah. And I think, should it have been a phase? Yeah, but it makes too much money. I don't know how it's still going with like Robert Downey Jr. no longer wanting to be in it. Chris Evans. I don't know if Scarlett Johansson was killed in one of the movies. I don't know if she's going to come back. When a Paltrow doesn't even know when she's in them. She's like, I haven't done a movie with Tom Holland. And everyone's like, you did. You did. <laughs> she's like, I've never met Robert Downey Jr., but he seems really nice. <laughs> she's my favorite talking about Marvel. <laughs> she doesn't give a fuck. She's such an example of these movies being just a money grab for them. Yes. You know what I mean? So you guys know that Troy and I both love Shark Tank. And Mark Cuban is leaving Shark Tank hard for me because he helped save the show because it was ready to be canceled. And then Mark Cuban came on and everyone was like, huh, maybe I'll be into this. And it's just not going to be the same without him. It won't. I think that he's really great TV. Yes, because he can be. Oh, sorry. You're probably going to say why. No, no, no. You go. I was going to say he can come off really hard and rude and be like, this is why I'm out. Or he'll be like you know what? You've done a really good job and I believe in you. It's just the product. Yeah. He's either like very charming or like really intense and like just rude, like you said, but like, he's always really entertaining. And I agree. I don't think the show will be the same without him. Even like his interactions with the other sharks is so funny. Like he really adds so much to that show. And I'm curious because I know he sold I don't know if he sold all of the Dallas Mavericks. I think he still has a share. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's getting rid of so many things. And all I can think of is like running for office or a really, really bad something else is going to come out. (laughs) Yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit in our happy hour. And I still, for whatever reason, think I could see totally see him doing something like running an office or like. I I remember when he um he like was doing production stuff with Bethany Frankel for a little bit. I could see him maybe like just venturing into a new thing, like mm. you know, producing or make producing his own shows. Like I could see him making his own TV shows, you know, maybe he won't even be in them. For sure. And he's done so much with pharmaceuticals too. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Making affordable medicine. Listen, when Lori leaves, I'm going to have to be like really talked off a ledge. When Lori leaves, it's we're going to have to pull the plug. It's The show needs to be done because Lori is the of the show. Yeah, she's the heart of the show for sure. You're 100% right with that. 
Did you watch her um, Architectural Digest? I didn't. I didn't even know she had one. So guess what I'm doing right when we end this <laughs> recording? Yeah, it's really good. I won't spoil it for you because it's a little unexpected. Now would be a good time to let you guys know that this episode is sponsored by Fume. Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor or some spell that you would buy on Etsy. We're talking about Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is wrong, so instead of drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses all-natural, delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your Fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. So for me, I love it as more of a fidget spinner. You can spin it around. It makes little clicking noises, which I think are great. I'm obsessed with them. And the smell and taste of the flavor packs that it comes with are incredible. The mint, I'll just be puffing on it. And I love it. I love every single second of it. It's really cool to look at too. So if you're someone who's like a little nervous to pull it out in public or whatever, it looks really nice. It's made really well. I am a huge fan of it. And I actually use it when editing this episode, these pop culture episodes. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to tryfume.com and use code BLINDS to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfum.com and use code BLINDS to save an additional 10% off your order today. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with internet's best converting checkouts. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% off all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blinds. So not to like jump back, (laughs) but I did want to really quickly mention that Alexis Bellino of the Real Housewives of Orange County, it has been reported today that she is dating Shaden Bedore's recent ex, John Jansen. And this is very important to me, first of all, because I have been putting it out into the ether that I want Alexis Bellino back on this show for years. And I think a lot of Real Housewives of Orange County fans have wanted Alexis back on the show for a long time. We also talked about this in our happy hour. It's like, I and I actually truly believe that she's one of the few housewives where they've asked her and she really has turned it down. Like I've listened to her talk about it on Jeff Lewis where she's like, I really genuinely don't have any interest. But now that she's dating John Jans and her whole life is so different. Like she's no longer with Jim. I don't even know if she's religious anymore. I don't know if she's still Jesus jugs. I think that she like has a whole different lifestyle. And now that she's openly dating John Jansen, it's like, it's a requirement that she comes back on this show. The thought of her and Shannon Bedore going at it is just like, it's like candy to me. And I also just wanted to say, so like a lot of people talk about John Jansen, like being the new Slade Smiley and how he's like so fame hungry And I never really got it because he's such a non-factor on the show. He always seems like he doesn't want to film. But now that he's dating Alexis Bellino and they've announced it via People magazine, I'm like, oh, he's one of the girls. He wants a he he wants an orange. I I don't even know. I don't have words. I'm excited to see what comes of this. And I really hope that it means that she's gonna be on the show. And we're rooting for you, Alexis. I don't even know what to say. What is, so what is Shannon going to do? Cause I know that she's a little kooky. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think she's going to take this news? Cause wasn't she at that guy's house before her DUI crash? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's, I believe that, so Shannon, you know, she's got some alcohol issues and she got that DUI. And I believe that John Jansen was like really bad for her in that sense. Like, it was rumored that they were just getting really, really fucked up together all the time, all over Orange County and like driving, obviously. That's why I don't I don't think the DUI thing was like a shock for him because like they were allegedly going out and getting fucked up like that all everywhere. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be next for her. I know that she's like alleging that she's, you know, not drinking and all of that and trying to better her life or whatever. But I don't think she's going to take well to Alexis and him doing a People magazine cover together. I really don't. Because she tried to, I mean, she, everybody told her, like, he's a piece of shit and he just wants to be famous. And she wouldn't listen. And now he's on People magazine with another real housewife. So it's it's a, and she was really in love with him. Now, you know, I've been on my Real Housewives of New York journey. Mm Mm-hmm. Is this worse than like a Harry Dubin type situation? No. No. <laughs> no, because Harry fucked everybody. 
but Harry, I don't think, I don't know if Harry ever like wanted to be like famous, famous. You know what I mean? This guy wants to, he wants to be a housewife. Harry was just trying to fuck. Harry was just trying to fuck. And it's a small dating pool for rich men fucking women in New York City. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that sounds fun for all the Real Housewives fans. We'll see what happens. I quickly wanted to talk about Billie Eilish. So hmm. she posted on her Instagram Thanks, Variety, for my award and for also outing me on a red carpet at 11 a.m. instead of talking about anything else that matters. I like boys and girls. Leave me alone about it, please. Literally, who cares? Stream what I was made for. And this happened because Billy said in a Variety interview, I like boys and girls, but girls scare me. She kind of did that thing that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Where it's putting a toe in, putting a toe out. And I think, in my opinion, celebrities will do that to see how people react to that little blurb. Mm -hmm. And we actually had someone at our Boston show be like, Billie Eilish is queer. And I was like, what? No, that didn't. So a lot of people took that as her coming out. So she was on the red carpet and um, she's being interviewed by someone. And they actually say to her, did you mean to come out? Like, did you mean to do that? And Billy responded, I kind of thought, wasn't it obvious? I didn't realize people didn't know. And I just really don't believe in coming out. I'm like, why can't we just exist? Yeah. And since all this happened, she's lost over 100,000 followers on Instagram. And I think it sucks that that's how it all happened. You know, I do. I do understand why people do the time, the People Magazine, yup, I'm gay type covers, but her losing that many followers, her being in the younger category where you assume people are way more open-minded and accepting, it just goes to show why so many people won't come out. I agree. And that's so, it's just so messy. And it seems like everything with Billy is always messy and it's not her fault. The thing about her that's so sad to me is like, like you said, it never feels like it's her fault. Like, it's always all of this discourse around her about whatever, like even as far back as talking about her body. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like the conversation around her has always been so weird and inappropriate. Like, remember when people were like, she's got those big boobs and she won't show them. She's got those curves. Where are they? Why does she cover them up? And then she wore something revealing, if you will, or form-fitting to the Met Gala or the Vogue cover. It was mm-hmm. the Vogue and everybody was like oh she's now she's sold out she's no longer now she's no longer talented it's like this girl is so fucking young you guys are sick and it's so strange even when she had her like slime green hair mm-hmm. when she went to being blonde again she's a sellout she did she's not talented. Billie eilish is a fucking talented singer you can't take that away from her beyond and it's sad that like it's so much not about her singing like it's so much not about her music mm-hmm. it's a sad like this is really messy and for somebody who in my opinion has made such a, a wildly massive impact on like youth culture it's sad that this is how her coming out moment went and this is like how she'll always look back on it yeah and she's gonna resent it for sure 
she deserves better. And I worry for her. I really do. I've always worried for her. I think that there's a lot going on with her that we will find out later is like really dark. And I just worry. I worry. And I know she's very close to Phineas. And I think it's weird that he writes her songs about like fucking older men. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's something really oh, like with those two. I agree. I agree. And also her parents, like, I just feel like they're weird. Like, they're not, they don't give stage parent to me, but they give, like, the mom that lets people sleep up in her daughter's bedroom for days and doesn't ask what's going on. And I've always heard rumors, so this is very alleged, I don't know if it's true, but the mom has always been, like, Phineas is the talented one, but Billy's more marketable. Yeah, I've heard that too. But- I do not agree with that. I Billy's voice and stuff, like anyone, I, let me rephrase that. Not every singer has to write their own music and people need to be okay with that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So maybe Billy's not writing these hits that are selling a million copies, but she's performing and singing them. And you can't, she has such a unique presence and such a unique stage presence. Her magnetism is so unique, so specific to her. Nobody's ever really been famous the way she's famous. Like, it's so unique. So it's like, you can't say, I don't know. I just feel like you're just born with that. For sure. And she's exactly what Halsey thinks she is. And I love her. And I'm a Halsey fan. That's something Troy and I don't have in common. But like, Billie Eilish is actually that. Yeah. Yes. And it's not manufactured. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Or whatever. I also wanted to talk about, uh, I saw Saltburn last night. Um, it's incredible. I don't want to say anything about what it's about because you have to go into it as blindly as possible. Don't watch spoilers. Allow this movie to shock the fuck out of you because it's so fun. And I don't remember a time, like I don't remember the last time I was in a movie theater where everybody was having the these kinds of reactions. When I tell you that we were all squirming in our seats, like I was leaning forward, leaning back, crossing my legs, sitting on my hands, covering my eyes. Like I was, we, it was so, I have not had a visceral reaction like this in a movie theater in years. It's so like, it's so good. And it will make you think about it for Hours after I last night when I went to sleep, all I was doing was looking up Saltburn on TikTok. Um, everybody in the movie is absolutely incredible. Jacob Ellerty is just, I mean, it is what it is. The man is magnetic, the man is beautiful, the man just translates on screen like he just does. And everybody in it was so good. Barry is incredible. I, for whatever reason, I thought that Jacob was like the lead lead, but Barry is the lead and he did so good. Um, It's just great. It's a really, really good movie and everybody should go see it, but you have to go into it blind, 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 blind. And it also has a great soundtrack. It takes place in like 2006. Ooh. So they use music to remind you of the times and like when the, when a year passes, like they use music to tell you and the soundtrack is like really good. So yeah. Well, looking at the cast, Rosamund Pike and Carrie Mulligan are in it. Like yeah. this is a stacked cast for sure. And produced by um, Margot Robbie. 
Oh. Yeah. What I know you don't want to give away the movie at all, but what do you think of the press tour with Barry and Jacob? Oh, I'm into it. (laughs) And they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They're doing like a call me by your name thing, but better because they actually like each other. So allegedly, according to Blind Items, Jacob Ellerty is like, bye, basically. And I actually think during this press tour, he's trying to tell us that without saying it, saying like Brad Pitt was his first crush and like, (laughs) didn't he he like talked about how Barry in the movie had to like drink his cum or something like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, I went into it. I also just want to say, I went into it thinking that it, of course, listen, it was me and Jesse and his boyfriend. We thought that we were going to go see a, like a homoerotic, like kind of like cruel intentions moment. And it is that, but it's, so much more it's so crazy it's just one of the craziest movies i've ever seen in theaters and the whole audience was just losing their shit like the gasping we were all gasping so loud like oh yeah you just go see it and if you have seen it dm me about it one thing i saw that made me think of you immediately was macaulay culkin getting his star on the walk of fame because i don't know anyone who loves him more than you <laughs> and his speech to brenda song i was getting like choked up just all of it and he's someone poster child for child star yeah the way his parents treated him everything his family being his family being actors and stuff Mm-hmm. it's just so nice to see him get a happy ending I know because things took a turn for a few years there they really took a dark turn and things could have ended really 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 bad for Macaulay Culkin like the fact that he's alive is insane and he like you said he really did get a happy ending like he seems like such an involved dad he like loves being a father he loves like having a family and it seems like one of those situations where he's like loving he's healing himself through loving his children and like it's really cool and his speech was beautiful when they zoomed in on Brenda and she like was just they were like gazing into each other's eyes and she was crying and it was just like really it was really sweet yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about it because I know how much you love him and he looked really good. That was the first time I saw him and I was like, okay, Troy, I get it. Yeah, he looked really, really good. Super good. Um, Should we talk about Jamie losing his leg today? Um, Yeah, I think we have to. So December 2nd was Britney Spears' birthday, as it always is. And... uh. I guess everybody was shocked, was as shocked as me, but she hung out with her family on her birthday. She hung out with her mom and her brother. And a lot of people were messaging me, of course, the picture and asking like what I thought about it. And like, everybody has opinions on her relationship with her family and stuff. I, my thoughts haven't really changed. I'm still like, healing is healing. Family is family. At the end of the day, it's her fucking mom. I think that people not that they're going to people don't respect Britney's space or privacy at all but I wish that people would kind of back off from like monitoring her relationship with her family at this point and like monitoring every interaction that they have with each other 
because it's her mom. Yeah, and I think no matter how hard your relationship is with your mom, it's it's something being, especially being a girl. Yeah. And growing up, like you're always told, your mom's supposed to be your best friend. She's supposed to be the one who protects you and you're supposed to want to become her. Mm-hmm. And it's so confusing when your mom's not that. Yeah. It's, I think that it's like so much more complicated than any of us could ever possibly know And, like, so much of it is not our business. And at the end of the day, like, she needs healing. Mm -hmm. And if that means spending the birthday with, spending her birthday with her mom and, like, talking about whatever, she needs to heal. And I don't think, you know, burning every, like, relationship that she has and just going through life alone is healing. Like, I think that she deserves to be able to have a relationship some kind of relationship with family like if that's what she wants you know now Jamie on the other hand (laughs) I don't necessarily have the same thoughts about uh it has been reported today that due to illness Jamie has had his leg amputated so he's aging the way that his spirit projects out into the world he's falling apart um I don't really have anything to say about Jamie losing his leg. I just think that that's insane. What do you think of like her brother? Because it seems like her brother has kind of always been her closest family member. Was he as involved with the conservatorship? I mean, I I know it's hard to gauge kind of just because of how many people were involved. But do you think Brian was always kind of like her saving grace of the family, I guess? I think that Brian... I don't know if I would say that he was her saving grace because I think that Brian does have some of the same feelings about the Spears women that his Mm. dad does. But I also know that during her last album cycle for Glory, um, he took over and was like very much in charge. And I believe, in my opinion, I think that that's why you saw like her being more creatively involved. Like she seemed the happiest that she had been in years. Um, She was more expressive than she had been in years. They had kind of gotten a little bit lax because Brian was the one kind of like overseeing everything. Um, So I don't, I mean, I don't know if I can say that Brian is like her savior. Maybe lesser evil. The lesser evil of the family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that her and Brian have a completely different relationship because Jamie Lynn grew up wealthy mm. and know their struggle. Like they basically, she basically is like, it's just like an only child. Right. Brittany and Brian grew up eating squirrel. You know what I mean? Like, Jamie Lynn doesn't know that life. So I just think that her and Brian had a different relationship. And I also think because she grew up seeing Brian be abused by her dad as well, like they just have a different bond where Jamie Lynn didn't really experience any of that. That makes total sense. Yeah. But it was, I thought it was nice to see them together. Like, I just want her to heal. I don't like Jane. I don't like Lynn Spears. I think she's a stage mom and a pageant mom and all those things, but I, I just want her to be healed, you know? And it seems like maybe the book helped that. 
Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It, it helped maybe explain her thoughts to her family. So um, should we talk about Tree Payne versus Dumois? I guess we should. So I guess this is kind of like a weird thing to talk about because obviously we are a blind item podcast. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, is we don't write the blinds. Yeah. And we don't really ha- die on any hills, right? Like if someone wants to DM us and tell me, hey, Kelly, I don't think Taylor and Carly ever dated. I'll say, okay, that's fine. Sure. Like, I'm not going to fight you on this. Right. Yeah. We give our opinions, but at the end of the day, we're, we don't have an agenda. For sure. Other than getting Ashley Simpson to release a new album. That's our main agenda. Listen, we are Christians after all. <laughs> but it's so basically, if you're not familiar or if you got confused, Dumois posts pretty much everything that is sent to her. And she'll say like something at the beginning being like, these are stories I can't say if they're true or false. But there's one that she has really talked about a lot. And it's something she actually said, I will die on this hill, that Joe and Taylor had a marriage ceremony of some sort. Maybe it wasn't a real wedding, but she heard from two credible sources that there was some kind of marriage. Now, with that, Tree Payne finally said, enough is a fucking enough. And responded to that, Tree Payne said, enough is enough with these fabricated lies about Taylor from Dumois. There was never a marriage or ceremony of any kind. This is an insane thing to post about. It's time for you to be held accountable for the pain and trauma you cause with posts like these. So for me, I actually think she was posting about the miscarriage rumors that Dumois keeps posting about Taylor. Because when Bigger Than the Whole Sky came out, a lot of people were like, this song could be about a miscarriage. And again, Dumois posts everything and posted that. But I don't think Tree Pain wanted to respond to that due to more people seeing it, like more eyes on it, more people talking about that specific blind, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Dumois then posted, well, I make zero dollars from lying. Can publicists say the same? Also, to relate something that is in reference to something that happened years ago to pain and trauma after what just happened seems like a poor choice of words. Either way, I apologize to Taylor. And in my opinion, Dumois is referring to the fact that a fan died at Taylor's concert in Brazil. Oh, okay. So all this to say, now Dumois is still posting like nothing really happened. And... I just don't know what to say about all this because if Tree Payne reached out to eat like us personally, you would never hear from me again. <laughs> I mean, my spirit would leave my body. Right. I don't even, I mean, obviously you are the expert on all of the Taylor stuff and I'm just an observer, but like it was very confusing for me. And when you say that she was referencing the fan dying like that makes a lot of sense because this was all very I was just like what the fuck is going on it was very like back to back to back and now Dumois is saying actually they said on their subscriber story so thank you for this shout out Dumois that if people want to learn more about blind items listen to beyond the blinds because Dumois is not a blind item account which doesn't make sense because then on their story they had something saying blinds delivered to your inbox yeah. So which one is it? And also to say you don't make money off submissions, listen. 
you you have a New York seller's best time, New York Times bestsellers, whatever. <laughs> I can't speak right now. I'm sorry. You also had the rights bought by HBO Max. Right. Don't tell me you're not making money off this. This is why I'm so happy that we don't write blind items. I don't ever, I don't ever want to even entertain the idea of writing one. Right. And listen, I am sure Troy and I have said, I believe that's true about stuff. Sure. But I don't know if there's a hill I will die on. <laughs> and I don't know if that makes me like, you know, not a strong person. But there are there are certain things that like celebrity gossip isn't something that I really want to put that on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously we read a lot of really intense shit. We read a lot of really dark stuff and we have our thoughts and opinions. But at the end of the day, like, I think that you and I are both extremely open to the possibilities of us being wrong, the blinds being wrong, the blinds being right, like whatever. Like, we're just like, we are just observers. And there were a lot of creators on TikTok saying, why is Tree Pain picking up on this when people want to spread lies about Taylor's sexuality? Let me tell you why. It's because it doesn't bother Taylor. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I we've said this before. But I believe it's because Taylor is has been leaving bread breadcrumb trails for years. She's extremely smart and she uses the same internet that we use. I don't think that she lives in some bubble where she doesn't know that people speculate about her sexuality and she leans into it pretty hard, in my opinion. And I guess now, I think, I don't know, because it's kind of nuts to see people commenting well this makes me think it's even more real because tree pain actually said something about it oh okay what do you think about that i don't know i mean it takes a lot to get fucking tree pain to say anything right like she loves to pitch a story about how maybe taylor and travis are more serious than we like to believe that's that's kind of what we get fed mm-hmm in my opinion, this all happened when Taylor went to the Renaissance premiere. And I think Beyonce's agent and Tree Payne got together and they were like, fucking say something. And Tree Payne was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's truly what I think. If you had told me a year ago that this would be the most like hot button controversial relationship that she's ever been in, I would have laughed in your face. I cannot believe how much people care about this. I don't know. It's really crazy. And also in the um sub in the paid subscriber story that was posted. Remember, she's not making money off blinds though. <laughs> We're gonna get so yelled at by Dumois for this. <laughs> um, she also put out something maybe Taylor wants her first real wedding to be to Travis and have the public believe that. I'm like, stop. Like, don't like Taylor didn't get married to Joe, no matter how many people told you she did. Yeah. And and yesterday or this morning, I can't remember, Dumas actually posted a grid post of the back of Taylor at the Chiefs game being like, this is Taylor's view. I'm like, why are you poking the bear even more? (laughs) (laughs) This is why I talk about Taylor the the least amount possible a year. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, Troy. (laughs) No, I just have no business really commenting, to be honest with you. I really should just shut the fuck up. 
No, because I'm curious what you think this means for like blind items and for kind of what we do. I mean, it's a little nerve wracking. (laughs) It's a little terrifying. I mean, I guess, like I said earlier, I'm just happy that we don't actually write them. Like we are literally just observing and reading blind items and kind of like deciphering them with the public. Um, But at the same time, it was only a matter of time with blind items becoming so much more like in the forefront of news. You have all these mainstream publications talking about blind items, thanks to Dumois um, making them much more popular. And, you know, not to not to toot our own horn, but also our show talking mm-hmm. about them and it kind of explaining them and opening them up, opening them up to people. It was only a matter of time before celebrities or people close to celebrities start commenting on these blind items because they can't pretend forever that this doesn't exist right they just can't and so far they have been they've been kind of pretending there's like a small little smidgen of celebrities that will acknowledge blind items exist or like would go on uh he who shall not be named podcasts and you know talk about their experiences and stuff but like not really and what's interesting is Voldemort and Trey Payne actually had like a working relationship, allegedly. Mm. Followed each other on Twitter. Mm. So, and listen, Enti has written terrible things about Taylor, allegedly. Right. Alleged things that have happened. So it's interesting why Dumois was kind of the one. And of course, now people are like, well, it's because the Joe's up to something. or Joe. I'm like, Joe Alwyn, nobody fucking cares about Joe Alwyn anymore. Right. We have a new Nepo baby boyfriend to look at. (laughs) Joe is like, I literally haven't even heard his name in like, I don't even know how long. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I truly don't know what this means for blind items. And now people are like, well, all blind items are fake. And I'm like, you can't say that because a lot of blind items have been proven to be true. Right. Which, you know, go back and listen to some of our episodes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think this is really interesting. I think it's, I almost think Dumois was the target because again, they kept saying like, this isn't, they never said it's alleged, right? They said, I will die on this hill. And the one time they didn't cover their bases, Tree saw it and was like, I'm in, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> she said, I have an objection. <laughs> and using traumatic, I think is like, a way to have this be emotional distress so you can eventually sue. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Using the words trauma is very intentional in my opinion. I get that. Yeah, I just, you know, this is like a big Super Bowl moment for me. My like biggest fears happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a matter of time before Taylor like slides into your DMs and gives you a heart attack. I know. She'll be like, stop talking to me. Be like, yes, princess, queen, whatever. Yeah. You're not gay. You're straight. You're beautiful, smart, funny, talented. Love Travis Kelsey. You guys are totally real. (laughs) But yeah, I just think it's a really weird thing. And, you know, again, thank you for the shout out, Dumois. You know, we we do read blinds and know how to kind of navigate them, I think. I think we've proven that in time. But it's also a cop out to say you're not a blind item um, account. Or that you don't make money. Come on now. Come on now, girl. 
So, so yeah, I'm just, I'm curious to see what happens. I'm sure nothing more will come from it unless she continues to post and more people are just like, I think uh, Tree Payne's more mad that Dumois said she doesn't care about Taylor. I'm like, that's not what it is. (laughs) Well, if anything more does come of it, I'm just going to wait for you to decipher it for me because all of it is so fucking confusing for me. Yeah. And again, we are we do read blind items and it is what it is and not all blinds are true and i'm sure blinds are hurtful i don't yeah. know how else to say it yeah listen i can tell you from firsthand experience they sting <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys so much for listening and on our we don't have like a discord or anything and <laughs> I know I don't go on Reddit, but on Patreon, we actually have good discussions about this pop culture kikis that we do. So if you're interested, either, you know, comment on our Instagram or Patreon, people, people discuss everything there. And it's really interesting. And I learn when I say things wrong and I appreciate when people explain why, you know, whatever we said upset them, but, or they just talk about like Taylor Swift, Tree Payne and Dumas. Yeah, and I would also say that our listeners are, like, really, for the most part, they're very, like, tuned in and really smart. So, like, the discussions are actually really interesting, like you said, on our Patreon. Like, my eyes are open to a lot of things from, like, different people's perspectives and stuff. And, like, people having really, 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 our listeners have intense knowledge about niche things. And one thing I love, and you'll see Troy and I both commenting, like, why do you think that? Or like, what? Because we're actually curious. We're not, again, our minds can be changed about things. And we're not experts. We are just two idiots with microphones. (laughs) Who hopefully you guys enjoy listening to. (laughs) Yes. We love you beyond words. And And next week we have a fun guest, but you won't know unless you follow us on Instagram. Yeah, it's going to be very fun. Um, We're rooting for Jamie's leg wherever it ends up. (laughs) And we're also rooting for Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) We love you very much. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.